I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Yes or no, did you ever take banned substances to enhance your cycling performance? Yes. I had no prior knowledge of the planned assault on Nancy Kerrigan. I am deeply sorry for my irresponsible and selfish behavior I engaged in. Welcome to Oops! The Podcast, your weekly podcast for diverting and lighthearted material. I'm Francis. He's Julio. Nice to see you, Julio. Hi, Francis. You know, I did an intro today. <laughs> and Our it, NPR intro. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> that's exactly Hi, Francis. right. Yeah, I feel like I'm about to offer you pistachios. <laughs> but dude, I listened to a podcast that was the story of Elizabeth Holmes, the Theranos oh, yeah. scandal. Great story. I think it was a sort of an accompaniment to the book that came out. And the docuseries. Yeah. Um, it was called, I don't even remember what it was called. But it was it was solid. It was done by ABC News. These women did it. They crushed it. It was really good. Seven part series. And those podcasts where, you know, there's there's stuff that's written for them. There's research. There's sound bites, interviews, phone interviews, all that. They are organizing like serial and all of that. They're awesome. It's like a well done movie. You know, it's incredible. It's really and the music and they've got the credit sequences and the the ads are baked in really well. It's all that stuff really impresses me. Just um, dude, same. Totally different animal than two dudes just sitting down in their purple chairs to. I know. To I know. You're like, whoa, dude. We I could know. be doing a lot more work for this. I know, dude. I know. I know. <laughs> no, but that's not just different styles. But it's I want it's to, a fun format. Yeah, it's cool. I dig that. Totally. Um. We could Oof. do it like this. We could do it like a like a storytelling about Francis. Be like, so Francis came home that day around three o'clock, and there's like, doom, 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 yeah. doom, doom, doom. Yeah. he noticed yeah. that his dog was missing. Yeah. yeah. Now, Francis hadn't opened the door and let the dog out. Where's my fucking dog? <laughs> he said. <laughs> yeah. That could be fun, dude. Yeah. The narrative. I like that. Dude, I want to I want to talk to you about um this show on Hulu. It's called Normal People. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of this? My girlfriend sobbed for hours after watching it. Let me tell you something. This show has changed everything I thought I knew. Really? Yeah. About like rela- like interpersonal relationships? About sex and what it what it could be. Mm-hmm. These two in this show, or having sex in, in a way that it's very hard for me to watch it with my girlfriend because I can't help but be like, oh, that's how that's supposed to be. <laughs> I knew that's what you are going to say. Dude, it it's is just superior. glaring. It is glaring. The passion with which they approach intercourse every time. Mm. It, is, it is a porn scene per episode. <laughs> and there is a lot of kissing i don't know where these two actors i don't know who they think they are (laughs) where do they get off being as good as they are at acting regular clothed scenes but also being able to perform in front of a camera while naked and being so you know in the throes of passion yeah and to have it be this convincing it's great it is first of all (laughs) <laughs> the guy in this show, Connell. Oh my God. <laughs> he I am I am so in love with this man. 
I have feelings for him. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding at all. When he talks, I lean in. (laughs) We watch the show with subtitles because they have such a thick Irish brogue that I want to catch every little grunt and murmur. And he does a lot of grunts and murmurs. Oh, yeah. A lot of the time, they'll ask him a big time question. And he'll just, his only response will be like, uh, yes. <laughs> mm, right. Sometimes I'm like, how, why is that brilliant? Like Ryan Gosling will say nothing for two hours. They're like, oh my God, drive is brilliant. Because, you know, they, it's, it's what they're conveying right, with their right, look, right. with their eye contact, with the tiny twitches of their face. Totally. I believe in that. No, I, I, I do too. I know. And, and one of the reasons I believe in it is that this entire show was shot two inches from his fucking face. That's crazy. We are so close on this guy's face the entire time that if he were to have one minute of like, oh, shit, sorry, forgot you guys were there. Like, we would, we right, would right, see right, it. Right, you know right, what right, I mean? Right. right. That's interesting. Dude, my girlfriend called me after having finished the show sobbing. Yeah. I was terrified. I was like, well, what, what happened? To the point where I had to be like, if you're going to call me crying, you need to like tell me beforehand mm-hmm. that it's not a life-threatening emergency because it's terrible. But dude- she was just going, ah, he was such a nice boy. That's what it is. She's such a nice boy. Now, sobbing, he was such a nice boy. I'm like, ooh. This is making ooh, me, such I, a nice boy. I, I'm worried you're giving me a little bit of a spoiler. Like, you're, you're making me think he dies or something. I, I don't no, know what happens. I have no idea what happens either. Okay, well, I'm just going to play it in my head as if, you know, turns out that he's not as nice in the end or something. And then she was upset by it that. It also may have been mid-season. Like, it's unclear if the show was Dude, over. he is like... the nicest boy. <laughs> He is the nicest boy of all the boys. He's the nicest. He's so pure intentioned. He, you know, he mishandles it a little bit. He, he doesn't treat Marianne as well as I would like, especially when they're in high school. But he was young. He was, he was young. young. Someone explain this to me, right? <laughs> I had a buddy in Maine that I was talking to who was sort of telling me his life story because we, we don't even know. He's a newer friend. So I'm kind of catching up. Got it. And he told me that he went to three different colleges. He started out at uh, UC Santa Barbara, and then he transferred to UMass Amherst, and then he finally ended up at Bowdoin. Oh, what, this, a, what a crazy this college dude, though, trajectory. I agree. He is one of the most uh, impressive, polished people I've ever met. He's dedicated his life to community service. He's, an, he's unbelievable. He's poised to become the governor of Maine without question. And people are. it almost feels like people are grooming him for it. That's great. That This sounds like the guy that you create if you want your wife to cheat on you oh <laughs> so that you can leave her you versus you hi- the guy you hire you're... an actor to say he's some guy who was all these things and then <laughs> you get him to seduce your wife and then you leave her <laughs> i love it continue, continue this this guy is that though he, yeah. he he seems forged from some think tank right. you know where because at this point in time any political candidate going forward i've thought about this a lot is going to have nudes. <laughs> right, Do you know what right, I mean? Right. Like our first female president, if she's elected in 2024 or 2028, 2032, it's likely that she will have nudes that are out there in the hands of some ex. And we just have to hope that that guy is not some fucking nightmare dude who, right. you know, lets the revenge porn out. Right. Right, right. Um, or that someone doesn't hack the cloud and get in yeah. there, which they will. We're going to contend in our lifetimes with presidential... Because ca- back in... like, Remember fucking Clinton? It was like, 
yeah, I smoked weed, but I didn't inhale. Right, right. That was and that the was scandal. the scandal. That was the black mark on his yeah. resume. Dude, yeah, well, you're right. In our lifetimes, there's going to be pictures of the president holding his rock hard dick or, with a bong <laughs> in the other hand. You know what I mean? Be like I was, and he's like, I was in college. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like just that. stupid modern. He, he, there will be a presidential candidate with a TikTok out there that sucks. Absolutely, absolutely. Do you know what I mean? So, so we're coming into that. And this kid, this unimpeachable guy, it feels like he was born yesterday as an adult, and people were like, stay pure. We're holding on to him. Right, right, right. And we're going to control him so that he stays pure enough. This is our guy. That we can get him into office someday. Totally. It starts, the grooming process yeah. starts young. I, I, yeah, fuck. I want to name the organization that he leads because it's so great, but I don't want to give him away. Um, okay. So but anyway. Dude, isn't it crazy, though? This reminds me of just how, like, now that I look back on my acting career, my comedy career, it, it's incredible how big of a head start you get by starting young. Like, how important yeah. those young years are. Yeah. Especially for actors, like, those kids who go to the, like, LaGuardia, like, those kids are the ones who have big careers. Right. It's much harder to, like, kind of... St- start later and make it can be done but it's harder yeah. comedy same thing but like with politics too you start young and like the guys who are going to become those people mm-hmm. it's like pretty clear yeah like even i knew kids like that in college who now are doing shit like that hmm. and it starts young yeah you gotta you gotta play it straight you gotta kind of because you know i mean you look at biden and, and the the sexual sort of assaults accusations that came out uh you look at the sexual assault allegations that come out against Trump, and these guys are 75, 80 years old. Right. They've been around the block. You know? Yeah. Uh, so I think that young men or people going forward, we're going to just, we're going to have to hear things about them that are going to be tough. But, dude, a quick thing. I was thinking, too, about past presidential candidates in my lifetime whose candidacies were lost because of a small mistake. Howard Dean screaming uh, yeah! at that campaign speech. <laughs> and it was over for him. Right, right, after right. That. No, you're right. It's crazy. Uh, did we talk about this? No, I don't think so. Um, you know, who is it? Michael Dukakis rolling in on a tank <laughs> and everyone being like, fuck this guy. That's a joke. And it was over for him. Right. Not that he was ever going to do it. I don't, anything. yeah, he didn't have much of a shot anyway. You but know, you're right. But like, these for sure. gaffes that these you hear pivotal about, moments. Uh, fuck. I mean, you know. Those things would not mean anything today. I know. So it's kind of like a, a a weird double-edged sword where like some of these mistakes that have sunk candidates in the past, if you compare them to the things that are being said about Trump and Biden today, right, 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 right. are so minor. Yeah. It reminds me of kind of like a, a European yeah. theater. Romney's like... binder full of women or when he <laughs> when he said that, you know, 48% of Americans weren't going to be interested in voting for him anyway or something. Oh, right. And everyone was like, well, he's written off half the country. Right. You know, some of that compare compare some of these totally benign things that have been said by candidates in the past to what is being said today and is just forgotten or not nobody cares about. Right. And I think I think it's more than nobody cares about because even I remember like Silvio Berlusconi like in Italy like and you know I'm, I'm Italian so like they would have talked about he always had young girlfriends or like these scandals and even with like the French president yeah. like Macron had stuff against him right yeah or uh, no Miss Sarkozy I'm thinking about whatever but like Sarkozy these guys did. they have girlfriends they have this they have that and the people sort of like disconnect that from their 
political leadership or something. I think I don't, I'm not like trying to like speak for the content, but same shit almost feels like with Trump. It's like he has this stuff, these allegations about him doing stuff and no one cares. They don't care. Well, they're like, that's separate to them. And then half doesn't. Right. Like the people who support him, it doesn't turn them, turn them off. Exactly. Exactly. Which is an interesting thing. It is. Right. It feels like a new era. We used to care about, yeah, the relationship between the president and his wife. And I mean, you see these (laughs) clips of Melania refusing to hold Trump's hand. I know they're great. And nobody cares. Nobody cares. It's just, it's whatever. So no comment. which, Which seems bizarre because it feels like people who support him, like the family maybe matters a lot to them. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, not not to open a political uh, Pandora's box. But all of this is to say that this kid, right, was telling me about his past because I didn't know this about him. And I thought he was this uh, totally clean, you know, well-groomed guy. And he was telling me about his past. And he said that one of the reasons that he switched from one of the schools to the next, he went from UC Santa Barbara where he was really enjoying himself back to UMass Amherst after his freshman year. And I said, well, what prompted that? And he said, a girl, yeah, you know, a girl he was dating told him to come back on the East coast to transfer. And I said, why, you know, did you, and sure enough, they broke up like a few oh, yeah. months later. I almost did that. Right. And I said, you know, what, what was this? What was this impulsive behavior? Why were you prone to this? I can't square you telling those stories with who I know you to be now. And he goes, you know, I was young. I was just a young guy. Young and in love. Dude, we, when we were young, I made a lot of mistakes. I know, I know. Because I was young. Yeah. And I was impulsive and I wasn't in tune with my feelings and I didn't know how to sort through decisions. Totally. And dude, the feelings thing is a really big one. Yeah. Like I remember being in love for the first time and like not knowing anything about that. Not knowing, not knowing that it didn't mean anything, not knowing that it wasn't going to go anywhere, not knowing that I obviously wasn't going to marry this person that I was willing to drop out of school to be with for an extra year until she went to school. Dude, people forget that what it's like to be young. I'm talking like 15 to 25. And it's important. That's an important thing, dude. You're just a dumb person. But we really do forget. You forget what it was like. And I think it's hard for parents to relate to their kids because of that. Yeah. They forget how they felt then, too. And I think it's important to kind of like try to grasp that. Dude, it's literally the reason why I started journaling. Because mm. I was like, I'm sick of forgetting how I felt then. Interesting. I want to be able to like look back and see how I felt about shit. I don't know. Do you think you will? I don't, I don't know if I'll ever read it. But I, I do. I mean, I used to do it every day religiously. Now it's more like if if I feel that some other piece of the cloud doesn't already sum up those memories, I'll write it down. Like if I have pictures of a day, oh. like I won't necessarily write about it. But I'm still doing it at least once or twice a week. I have to say that, unfortunately, uh, the 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 ease of taking photos has made it so that I no longer look back on old photos. I know, I know. Because there are too many. So I do, I delete them. I go and I'll delete 10 days of photos a day from And then I mark the date that I did it from. Oh my God. I know that's like an OCD thing, but dude, because of that, I'm deleting stuff, but I also get to like see things and be like, oh yeah. That's great. I used to, whenever I was on an airplane waiting for the flight to take off, I, I used to spend that time looking through old photos yeah, on my phone. It was fun. And it was nice. And now it's like, okay. 
10 screenshots I know. in a row of like bank statements or random shit and I then know. finally a smiling selfie or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't even know where that was. Yeah. Why is that on my phone? One out of 100 are valuable. It's I, crazy. Once I bought more cloud storage space, I stopped caring about deleting photos and now my phone is just a shithole. I did. I know. I know. It's, it's a shithole of it's photos. It's fun. It, it's fun. I recommend doing the occasional back delete situation. I wouldn't even know where to find God. Remember when we had digital photos like camera capabilities and you know, you had a memory stick that could only hold a 80 photos. Photos were all amazing. Yeah. Everything that you would upload onto your Facebook or your computer was a great photo, a great memory. I know. I know sad dude i have a i have a funny story um i visited my family last week good and this has been i think it's just catching up to me like how crazy my last few months have been like i was in alaska then i went to my parents my friend's birthday and like i'm like feeling really tired but anyway i went to (laughs) i went to Connecticut for my dad's birthday um and my mom every year makes him this cake now it's just funny and i didn't realize that it isn't like this in all families and i don't want to go ahead and say that this is an italian thing I actually don't think that. I think this is potentially an everybody thing. Mm. But my dad loves this one cake. And my dad really loves cake. What kind of cake is it? It's a peach Bavarian cake. Interesting. That my mom that, makes. What does that mean? It's like a cheesecake, basically. Really? I think. Are there slices of, che- of peach on it? On the top. That's it's like nice. I believe it's an almond crust. Ooh. Um, so my girlfriend can't eat it. Uh-huh. Um, or Good. she will die. More for us. Yeah. But, but dude, so I, my dad really loves food and cake and i know people say that about their dad it's like a hacky thing almost to say about your dad but listen to the the extent so last year my mom made him this peach bavarian cake now a cake is intended to be shared right you eat a piece of it Mm -hmm. if you're eating more than a piece of it there's cause for concern now they ate the cake they all enjoyed it and my uncle asked if he could take a piece home with him they said sure my father sat and angrily watched as he took which he deemed to be too big of a piece he cut a big piece that was maybe like a quarter of the i can't as they're telling me this story i can't even believe that they're wasting their time thinking about this my dad was really upset about it he was like he took such a big fucking piece like so this year on his birthday they actually had a diversion cake so that he could have the peach bavarian cake by himself (laughs) on the weekend he bought a he bought a giant ice cream cake so even if there was, even if my uncle wanted more cake, he could take a giant piece of the yeah, ice cream cake. But also, nobody can take ice cream cake home. I know. Well, he happens to live close by, so he could rush and hopefully it wouldn't melt. Okay. But dude, so so my uncle's sitting there. He goes, "Oh, I wish you made the peach Bavarian cake this year." And I've talked about this in my standup, but my dad makes this face when he's doing something like dubious or if he's lying. So he's like, "Oh, like what? No peach cake this year?" And I just see my dad at the end of the table being like. <laughs> Uh-huh. Doing his little like effeminate <laughs> face because he knew he was getting that peach cake this weekend yeah. when he was all alone. And wow. I just thought that is a red flag. And that's how you know you have a problem. Okay. <laughs> all right. Lots, lots to unpack here because you guys know me. I'm a big sweets guy. You are. And I was on this kick of not eating sugar as much. And I am woefully, I have left that in dust. Yeah. You, and dude, you know what? You look so good. Like, I don't think you should be robbing yourself. It's of- not about the look. It's about feeling like my insides are rotting. Or even like, do you, like fogginess in the brain. Yeah. There's an energy component to it. Definitely. Uh, where you know you but your blood sugar crashes and as you, as you get older you become more in tune with the the levels of your day and your energy and and I find that eating certain things sends me makes it harder to do other stuff right. and so you you listen to that more totally 
when you're a kid, you, you know, you go out, you drink a soda, you eat a bunch of candy by 4 PM. You're exhausted. You don't think you don't connect those two things. Right. You're just like, well, I'm real tired today. I must not have slept very well. (laughs) It's like, no, dude, have been the four chalupas I ate at two in the morning. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. So, uh, now I'm, I just, I, I try to like allow myself to let my brain function, whatever. You guys know me. So I'm back on the sugar kick. <laughs> I'm, eating, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm, I'm eating more sugar again, but still, still with a little bit more awareness than before. And, um, you, you know, lots to unpack here with your dad. So I have to say that if it were my birthday and my wife made me my favorite cake, yeah, it would be very hard for me to not get mad if, a guest brought a huge chunk home or even <laughs> a piece at all. Right, right. I do not think that that is for your uncle. I don't think it's his place to take a piece home. Okay. Okay. I really don't. That is your dad's cake. <laughs> it is understood uh-huh. that the cake stays in the house of the maker and the recipient. I don't I don't hate that rule. It's it's probably fine. For your uncle to ask for a second piece at the dinner. Right, right, right. Especially if other people are having seconds. But that should be led by your dad. And this is, Francis, you need to publish a book of manners. Yes. This is good. I like this. This Your your dad, if your dad asks, he needs to be the first person to let it be known that seconds are happening and okay. So let me let me say this. And and I don't think you're going to change what you have to say. But my uncle is a wonderful host also. He lives nearby. He used to live in, in Brooklyn, actually in the house that I was born in, long story, whatever. But he moved nearby to them. He has them over all the time. He's a great cook. He makes like four or five things incredibly well. And like he's very good. So like him coming over and like he's not us. He's not a mooch at all. Is he your dad's brother or your mom's My brother? My mom's brother. Oof. Listen, Julio, okay? <laughs> I have to say, I mean, it's a house rules thing. Yeah. So just because your uncle is a great host and may generously serve people seconds in his home, (laughs) when they come to your dad's home, it's like, you know, if if your dad were hosting a beer pong tournament and someone came in and tried to bounce. Right, right, right. And your dad's like, fuck that. We're not bitches here. House (laughs) rules, no bouncing. That is the rule. Right, right. And your dad gets to define that. Right. And your mom does too. Absolutely. You know, she may be. She may preemptively serve a second piece knowing that seconds are allowed mm-hmm. and that would be fine. But mm-hmm. it is your mom and your dad's cake. It is for them to decide. And your uncle, in my opinion, cannot take a piece home. That's fucking crazy. <laughs> he can't take a piece home. He can have it a second slice in the house that is served to him if your dad or your mom has taken a second slice first. <laughs> That's my that's my take on it, dude. Imagine if it were like fucking dinner, yeah, uh, yeah. A slight like a, they, your your family ate like half of a sirloin, and <laughs> and then your dad, your uncle was like, "Hey, can I take some of that home for to right. feed myself tomorrow?" <laughs> it's like, no, you fucking animal. Right. These are our leftovers. What right. what about the culture of leftovers? Right. One one has to, the host has to suggest take some with you. Yeah, for that to be. Dude, it would make me angry. (laughs) 
like your dad, I would be sitting there simmering. Now, it's a very diplomatic thing that your mom did to create a diversion cake. It was my dad's idea. Really good. <laughs> yeah. Go out and buy something, you know, yeah. to satisfy. Buy it cheap. Make sure it's shitty because that'll make you enjoy the taste of the delicious Bavarian peach cake even more. Right. Right. This is what the true. fuck? I can't even. I'm getting even. I'm getting angry thinking about this. <laughs> My dad's going to appreciate this. I'm sure. on your dad's side 100% of the way. 100% of the way. Can I tell you a quick cake story? Please. Please. Chris. So every year, my aunt makes me this strawberry shortcake. It's like my favorite cake ever. Mm -hmm. So she makes it for me and my uncle once a year. Um, so senior year of high school, I was like getting all skinny for prom and stuff. So my prom was like a week after my birthday. So we saved one piece of cake for me to eat after I got back from prom weekend. That's right. And then so... I, I lose all this weight. I finally I, I feel good. I fit in my suit. I get back from the weekend. And the day before I got home, my brother ate the piece of cake. Wow. And I tried savage. to fight him. Oh, man. Yeah. Did you? I tried, but Dude. I was stopped. Wow. That so. is, that's tough. Chris, when, when, you, sorry, when you hold yourself to the discipline with the goal waiting for you. <laughs> yeah. And then it's taken by someone else. I mean, that, that is a personal affront. It's hard. Yeah, it was, it's it was tough, tough to look past that for sure. <laughs> I'm glad you live to tell the tale, dude. That's hard. That's hard. Fuck, man, that makes me angry too. <laughs> they just love cake, dude. Yeah, I don't know. Francis, I noticed you're uh, wearing some pretty comfortable pants there. You did? I did. You're always looking at my pants. <laughs> I'm always looking at your pants. Tell dude. you what, that's because they're bird dog, baby. Yeah, that's all I wear now. I wear my bird dog's pants. They got built-in liners. They're extremely comfortable. They're slimming. Uh, these are the pants that I live in. I don't really see the point in wearing any other pants at this point. They really are a versatile pant. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like they, they're really good at adapting to, to climate, I've noticed. Yeah. They're good. They're cool in the summer. They keep you warm in the winter. I, I really don't know how to describe them other than to just tell people to go get them. Trust us. Uh, these are great pants. These are the pants to live in. If you want to get a gift for your boyfriend, get him some bird dogs pants. It's a bulletproof uh, gift. It really is. Like, you know, when you settle into just being naked in your bed and it feels so good and liberating and free, like this is kind of the pant mm -hmm. form of that phenomenon. Bingo. Use promo code <laughs> oops right now. You will get your first pair of nunchucks. With your first order, birddogs.com. <laughs> Go get them now, uh, everybody, and, and enjoy. They're, they're the best. Also, I love, the, I love that first pair of nunchucks. Hopefully, you don't have a ton of nunchucks. Yeah. You're just trying to add to your nunchuck collection. That you have some, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> so, like, uh, you know, enjoy the nunchucks responsibly yeah. and uh, check them out. Um, one, right. one quick thing about Please. normal people that I forgot oh, yeah, to mention. Sorry. Did uh, we talk about this already? I don't know. What about we talked it? about normal people early on yes. in the show. There's one thing I, I forgot to mention. Um, out of nowhere, there was a scene halfway through the season. I'm only seven episodes in of his penis, full frontal nudity. Now, up to that point, there had been plenty of nudity of her, of her boobs. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, the two of them are lying in the bed at disjointed angles, uncovered as if, you know, post-coitus right. recovery and you just get that rocket shot well except yeah except he's not erect right and so his penis just looks like some kind of used mangled toy and it's lying sad 
right. resting against his thigh. And I went, oh. <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, what? And my girlfriend was like, well, that's a double standard because she's been naked up to this point and we haven't said anything. And I said, yeah, but we've seen her boobs. We haven't seen the contours of her labia. <laughs> that to me is the equivalent. Right. I'm not even talking like because she's got pubic hair. So, you know, there have been a after the penis shot, there were a couple there have been a couple um gentle uh shots of her of her pubic region, but you're not seeing lips. Right. You're not right. seeing vagina lips. Right. So that you know, it's a it's a gentle like fuzz curtain. And you're like, okay, yeah, right, I, I right. get that that's her pubic region. That to me is way it's not equivalent. No. And I'm I don't think it's a double standard. Seeing the outlines of his <laughs> disgorging penis. But who cares also? I don't I don't really care. <laughs> I'm ma- I'm making a joke. I was making a joke a little bit. But I'm trying to trying to ask you this. Mm-hmm. You know, what is your equivalency of, of nudity seeing in men and w- women? I agree with what you're saying, though. I think that the penis is more of a jarring thing to see than just like a bush. Yeah. As opposed to like the actual close up crack of the vagina. Yeah. I would. Yeah, I agree with you there. Now, here's a question I have, though. How did he look? Did he look like because I don't know for me personally, my limp penis is the most presentable post coitus. Really? The post-coitus, like 15, 20 minutes afterward, I have the, my best showing that I'll have. Because, I, you know, there's a lot of room there. Like, the worst is, does not look very good. Best, I'm happy with. Mm-hmm. And I think that in that after-sex moment is my best representation of myself. Hmm. Did they accurately capture it for our friend? It it um normal people. It was a strange angle. He was lying on his side. It was resting against his leg, but then there was also you know his balls. It was all kind of mashed together. <laughs> he, he wasn't standing, so it wasn't hanging the way. Everything that I was presented with in this shot was to me not at all the way that I wanted to see his penis for the first time. Got it. Got it. So let me ask you this: If you were to be watching that with your parents as an adult. Would you feel uncomfortable? hundred <laughs> percent. And I mean, but that it wouldn't have started there. This show with right. my parents is unwatchable. Gotcha. And that's funny because you know who recommended this show to us? My dad. Wow. My dad told us how much he loves this show so many times. <laughs> so many times. And he would pull my girlfriend aside to tell her aside, wait, because she kept telling him, well, I don't know if Fran's going to be into it. It's a love story, whatever. By the way, my dad, totally right. I love this show, too. Mm-hmm. But it was weird thinking how much he loved it. And I certainly couldn't watch him. I went and saw Titanic when I was a kid with my parents. And the scene with the painting, he covered my eyes. He went like, uh. That's and nice. it's like, Dad, this is the whole reason we're here. My friend and I had heard that there was a nude scene. It's a PG-13 rated movie. You're now blocking out the most important part for us. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> but dude, to, to, to again, I I don't I think the equivalent of seeing in in TV or movie uh, a, a penis, a bare penis, is seeing outlines of actual vagina. Yeah, I don't think boobs 
and I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but that what what would you say is the male equivalent of just seeing boobs nudity? Is there one? Uh, is it like butt th- crack? It's like I think it's almost like the pubic hair leading up to the penis. That's itself. not a bad answer. That's not a bad answer. Perhaps. Topless girl in a scene, top of man bush. <laughs> That's your first tier of nudity. That's like rated R. <laughs> We're in rated R territory. Rated X territory is sad side penis contours of the vagina. Am I wrong? No, I think it's fine. I agree. I I agree with you. I agree. And I think that seeing a penis, you're always, it's shocking usually. And it happens. And it's always like in a moment like that, where it's like, right. They're trying to make it raw and like, it was raw. You know, it was very raw. It was very art artful. Dude, it's funny. I, I'm realizing now for the first time that I think my parents are actually uncomfortable watching those scenes with me as well. Of course. Because it's hard for them to just do it in silence. My dad will always be like, oh, <laughs> oh wow, wow. Yeah. Oh, is... <laughs> they, they, wow. they feel the need <laughs> to make some to kind of sound. <laughs> they really do. And we watch it with subtitles, too, which is funny because when those scenes are going on, it just says moan. Yeah. Moan. <laughs> Heavy moaning. <laughs> Heavy moaning. Breathing. Grunt. That's great. Dude. It's really quite good. Really Thanks, funny. Hulu, for spelling it out. <laughs> Guys, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, fill in the blanks here. If I were in a concert right now and i said if you're thinking about starting a podcast i'd then turn the microphone to all of you sitting in the stadium and you would all yell anchor anchor and then you'd say go to anchor.fm to download the software where you could host your very own podcast see all the best analytics you could see it in a way that was really user-friendly and nice and not too technical and industry jargony it's a way that any person can look at it and be like "Ooh, that's pretty and also it's our podcast and there's no minimum listenership required to advertise and monetize so you can immediately have ads when you hit the ground running. It's really exciting, really spectacular. If you want to start your very own podcast, Anchor.fm, download it now. Well, dude, speaking of watching shit, and I know we've been talking about The Vow a lot. This is different from kind of what we've been talking about so far about it. Yep. But you've kind of mentioned how you thought that, like, given what we saw in the first couple episodes, and I think they do a good job of this. This is maybe their, their intention. But you're like, I could have seen myself falling for something like this type, yeah. type of thing. Mm-hmm. So something that's kind of related to that, I find myself as I watch a show like that, and as you guys know, this is kind of like a self-help thing kind of turned cult. This is what this series is about if you haven't watched it. But as I watch it and I hear them talking about the different exercises they would do and the different things that they would apply to make themselves better and these this idea of limiting beliefs and anything is possible, I start finding myself so, like unconsciously subconsciously thinking like I can be better. I can do better. Hmm. Like I almost start kind of like thinking about these principles and how I can apply them in my life to like be the person I want to be. All right. Here's a question. Let's say that you had to rate your performance at life over the last three years. Mm. And let's say that you were talking about a percentage of your total output, meaning you know, a hundred going at life a hundred percent over the last three years would mean that you're barely sleeping. You are maximizing the efficiency of your day. So, but let me tea. ask you that though. You I are, I would argue that barely sleeping is bad. Fine, fine. 
Okay. I, I don't mean like sleeping the perfect sleeping amount. two hours a day. I mean like okay. eight hours, but then you're up, you're at them, you're not fucking wasting time, you're scheduling meetings, you're going on auditions, mm-hmm. you are, you know, keeping in touch with old friends, you are calling your parents every day, you're doing everything you can to live the fullest life and, and really attack each day, right? Yeah. That's an, a 100% commitment to your life. Yeah. Uh, where would you, what, what grade would you give yourself over the last three years? Well, if, and let's say, let's say, let's say, let's say, that, say that, tell me if there's been a big change. Let's do it from a percentile. Let's do it from a percentile perspective instead of a grade. That might be easier. Well, that's because like, I, that's what I mean. I'm saying percentage. Okay. okay. Yeah. Because like, it, you know, in, in, let's say though, like if you do it by percentage, I don't see 50% as failing. I don't see that as a no, no. I, I okay. mean, like okay. you, okay. you yes. are, you gave life uh, 80% effort. You gave it Got 70% effort. You gave it 50%. Effort. I'd probably yeah. say somewhere in the 60% range. Interesting. I think that I've made big improvements as far as like, you know, my professional life's concerned and kind of like building a foundation for a future, like be, being better with money, saving money better, making more money, all these things. Um, but, you know, there's certainly things that I think I can improve on. I think I could be, I think I could put myself out there more. I think I could more consistently believe in the things in my ideas mm-hmm. and like not doubt myself as much. I think that I could be better with my time during the day. I think that sometimes it takes me too long to do things. I think I could be better with exercise. I think I could be more disciplined things that I'm sure go through all of our minds. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. I feel that way. And sometimes I feel bad about that. And other times I feel good. I'm like, you know, like you're, don't be so hard on yourself. You really have done a lot of great things. You've traveled the world. You've, you've done so much, blah, blah, blah. So I think for me, it's like a back and forth thing. Like some days you'll ask me, I feel better about it than I do other days. Mm -hmm. But I think overall I feel more favorably than I feel unfavorably. That's great. What I think that's you? an important thing. I think. How do you feel? Yeah. Um, so now before you answer, I think this is another important thing to remember. Also, when it comes to feeling good or bad about yourself is that you perceive people to be a way that they don't perceive themselves. So it's easy to judge a person's exterior, but it's bad to compare it to your interior because those two things, they don't line up. So I look at Francis and I think that Francis is his grade is really, really high. And I imagine that it's not going to be the same for you when you say it, or maybe it will be, maybe it will be like, I agree also that, but in my mind, you seem like a guy who very much has it together. You're good about, you're very disciplined. You're good at implementing things in your life. You're good with nutrition. You work out a lot. You're in great shape. You're smart. You're successful. You know what I mean? And I'm sure that you're going to be more critical of yourself than I am being. of Well, I I think it's, it should be the case that we hold ourselves to our highest standard, Right. right? Because you know, you should grow out of that time of life where your parents hold you to the highest standard. Totally. You know, once you go to college, you gain independence. And that should mean you adopt your own systems of accountability that you no longer have to be told to get to bed before midnight because you got a right. big day tomorrow. Right. It's no longer about fooling your parents into believing that you're yes. the most successful. You can't fool yourself. Right. As well. Right. <laughs> and uh, because people who don't, adopt that themselves they just say wow i no longer have oversight i i no longer have anyone to answer to i'm going to live life as i see fit and they just end up eating candy or ice cream or playing video games until (laughs) three in the morning and and things go poorly right Mm -hmm. so first and foremost i would say that anybody who hasn't fucking lost it if you've got a job and you're supporting yourself and you're getting to bed and you're healthy, you're already, that is like a baseline of 50%. Mm-hmm. 
Right. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Because anything below that, you're like, you're dying. Right. Right. You know what I mean? You're kind of, you're kind of losing life. Yes. And so let's, let's call that a 50% baseline, which is why I would also give you higher marks than 60%. Appreciate that. Um, because so, so then, you know, it turns into like, all right, where would I be if I were 90% in, mm-hmm. if, if I were 90% committed to my life, mm-hmm. you know, what would I have accomplished? Is it possible for me to say that there were goals that I had that I would have achieved had I just not spent so many Sunday afternoons smoking weed and giving myself a day off? Right, right. Or, you know, waking up a little bit earlier or whatever. You look at like Mark Wahlberg and Joe Rogan. These guys are waking up at 3 a.m. to get their workouts in. And you're like, what? You know how fucking dark it is at that, that hour? And that's dark in a variety of ways, in my opinion. Dude, if I wake up at three in the morning by accident because I'm having night terrors <laughs> and I look outside the window and it's blackout, I get bummed. I get like sad and anxious. Yeah. I'm like, no one should be awake at this hour. This is a mistake. My body has let me down. Totally. Totally. Anyway, all of that is to say that I think that I am happy with a lot of what I do and and where I'm at. And I think I go about life in, in a pretty disciplined way. But of course there are lots of people that are way more disciplined and way more committed to their life than I am. So I would say that I'm probably in like the 80, the low 80 percentiles, you know, um, it's good. But I am very curious to see what I, how great I could be if I actually spent a year in the 90s. Right, right. So here's another question, though. And I think a lot of it has to do with perspective. Now, a year in the 90s to you may be different than A, what it is to other people, but B, to what actually will make you feel better about yourself. True. Potentially. I don't think that those two things are related. I don't think that spending, you know, living in the 90s necessarily translates to feeling better about yourself. And I think that's imp- I think that's an important thing to to the important distinction to make. But another thing I think that's very important and that I think I have lost sight of for most of my life to be honest. Most of my 20s I lost sight of this and I still have troubles with it now, but it's like this idea that and I know this is a thing that anybody who goes to therapy has heard, but this idea that like you currently are not good enough to be happy. I don't think that's a fair thing to do to yourself. Like, you're like, I'm going to be like this. And when I get like that, it's, I'm going to feel much better. And you're not, you no. know what I mean? And that's an obvious, I'm saying obvious things, but like, I think it's an important thing. If you're not feeling good about yourself, I think it's an important thing to remember that like, you should feel good about yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, like you're all right. You're alive. You appreciate it. It's yeah. good. It's good to be alive. It's rare to be alive. Yeah. You know? I don't yeah. Know. I don't know. No, I think that's a, I think that's a really good point. You can be happy and still push towards your goals. Yes. Yes, that's right. It is it is very true. And one thing that doesn't help is you, you mentioned the being alive thing. One thing that doesn't help is, you know, when people say, well, there are starving children in Africa or there are kids or people with terminal illnesses. There are people who are facing far more adverse circumstances than you currently face. Therefore, by comparison, you should feel happier. That's not it. Bullshit. And that's dude, not going to help at all. 100%. And I, 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 more on that. I've, you know, I've, I was in Africa and I remember driving down a, like a, a street in like a place that looked really poor. 
and I saw this little girl holding her little brother in a backpack and kind of like standing watching the car go by and like realizing that without the violin music and the phone number at the bottom of the screen, that didn't necessarily look sad or worse to me. What a great point. I was like, that person can easily be happier than me without a question. It has nothing to do with, I mean, I'm sure maybe that her life has limitations. I know nothing about it, but like that seemed, those people seemed happy to me too. Just as happy as people that I know. It's, it's a really, and it, it may be because, you know, they don't know some of the things that they don't have that could have made them happier. But at the same time, maybe that's what keeps them happy. Exactly. Like me not, <laughs> if I had never known about how good it feels to own a trampoline, uh, I, I could have been very happy as a child without a trampoline. Do you know what I mean? But right. once we got the trampoline, I was like, fuck, man, I can't believe I live ever lived without this thing. Yeah, dude, totally. I was a kid who I never, I didn't get the new thing always. Like I, I looked forward to things and like, I would think about, oh, that person must be so much happier. Who And it just doesn't make, you know, yep. it's so much more complicated than that. There's um, always going to be someone in your life who has more things and more money or a hotter wife or a better body. And no matter what you do to yourself, you're going to say, I, I'm less than. I'm less than that person by comparison. Instead of saying, you know, what I've got is pretty good. What I've got here and what I've done is pretty good. Absolutely. And you know who, who brought this point home to me was Aaron Berg, who, whom we've had on the podcast yes. before. And Great he guess. said to me at the very beginning of, of quarantine, when everything was still so locked up and, and cold and, and uncertain, he said, look, if the industry of comedy is finished, I had a good run. <laughs> I can live with what I accomplished. And I can look back and say, I did my best. And it was in that moment where I looked back and said, you know, if that's, if this is the end of my comedy career and I have to pivot and do something else and, and all this is no longer available, I outkicked my own expectations for myself. I, this was all kind of a, an experiment yeah. that I started when I was 22 and I would have to say the experiment succeeded. Right. Absolutely. Whatever. All of that is to say, uh, ask yourself, I guess, you know, what, how much have you committed to your life over the last year or two or three, you know, go outside of quarantine, obviously, cause it's so weird, but, um, and you know, if you're, if you can't say that you think you've been at going at life more than 50, 60%, try to find a few things that could kick that up a notch it, it's it's a weird metric because it's totally arbitrary but you know give yourself a grade i guess um and and see if you can do a little better that's that's kind of all i've got to say about that i think dude i think that you know, that's a very interesting sort of inner dialogue to have absolutely mm -hmm. and just you know whatever that means to you whatever bumping it up 10 percent means give it a try yeah you know? it could mean being nicer to the people in your life it could mean reading a book you know yeah Speaking of. And make sure you Venmo us after you do that, too. And <laughs> yeah. And continue to every we're, time. We're, we're getting a little <laughs> little Tony Robbins-y here today. Um, really quick book plug. Uh, I'm reading American Dirt. Everyone's heard of this book. Uh, it was written by a woman, a white woman, about uh, a 
uh, an experience in Mexico. It's a novel where she is fleeing the cartel with her young son, Luca. Um, it's a novel and it's based all in Mexico. It's really great. There was controversy surrounding this book because a lot of Latin American people said, well, that is not a firsthand experience. It's cultural appropriation that a white woman would write about this. And to that, I say, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> it's a novel. It's a novel. What? It's a novel. Are we going to get mad that J.R.R. Tolkien never slayed a dragon? <laughs> And that only dragon slayers are actually allowed to write about that experience. Get the fuck out of my face. Wizardly appropriation. You know, it's called research, motherfuckers. Like, <laughs> novelists do it just as nonfiction writers do it. Yeah. Um, I'm sick of this bullshit. It's called imagination. Yes. Yeah, right? I'm going to write a novel someday. I'd love to write a true crime novel someday. I'm already thinking about it. But I've never stumbled upon a body. Right, I don't know anything right. about forensics experts. I'm going to hopefully talk to some so that it's a little bit believable as a story. <laughs> but him, you dude. can't Get tell him. me that just because I never came across the you know sordid body of my uh, cousin that I can't write about that. Absolutely, absolutely, it's fucking unbelievably yeah. annoying. Great book. Fuck, I need the author's name. Yeah, pull it up. Uh, you, I think it's that's ah, really good. Uh, American Dirt. American Dirt is a novel that was written by Janine Cummins. It's been out for a while. Everyone's talked about it. I really, I'm enjoying it so far. So give that a read if you're looking for one. Um, dude, so I had a funny kind of quarantine specific, I mean, whatever, COVID era specific thing happened that like awkwardness bumping into people on the street. Mm. All right. So this is like, and I think this could only happen during COVID and it was pretty funny. So I bumped into this girl that I know. Mm -hmm. And I was wearing a mask and she was wearing a mask and I recognized her. So I went, I, I tapped her and I went, Hey, and she kind of just went like, she looked at me as if she was like angry. And I remember that I had bumped into her a few months earlier and she's like, let's get drinks. And I was like, let's do it. And she's like, don't forget. And I was like, okay, I won't. And then I, <laughs> then I replied to her story and she was like drinks. And I was like, yeah. And then I never followed through on this. Mm. And also, like, I have a girlfriend. Like, I don't need to be getting drinks with girls. I was going to ask you about that. So she's a friend, but, like, it was unclear if she knew I had a girlfriend. And I'm sure she wasn't trying to, like, she's, like, a networker kind of person. Like, I'm sure we could, I don't think she was trying to hook up with me or anything. Of course. Yeah. But also, like, I don't need to just be going mm -mm. to get drinks with girls. Like, whatever. So I thought that maybe she was mad about that. But then I was also like, maybe she doesn't recognize me. So I pulled down my mask and I went, I pointed at myself. Hey, it's me. It's me. <laughs> And then she still had the same reaction. Huh. And I was like, fuck. Like, and then she turned her phone and she was on the phone. Oh. And she nodded, but she never smiled. So I think my diagnosis of the situation is she was on the phone, but she's also angry that I was a flake. Okay. She could also be on the phone finding out that she's herpes positive. That's possible. Yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> but dude, <laughs> if I was on the phone... I would be, make it really obvious that I was on the phone right away so that I didn't have to make this other person feel Yeah, that's a fair point. I was with you. I was with Chris. That is interesting. That's a fair point that you go, oh, oh, really quick. But hold on. You know, I'm on the phone. Point, like, at your, point to your AirPods. Point to the yeah, phone. Finding out I'm getting herpes. <laughs> hold on. I have herpes. <laughs> yeah. I um, <laughs> it, it is, uh, that's just one of those things. I, I, I don't know if, it has been eating at this girl 
that you were non-responsive about getting drinks. But we do live in an era where, you know, flakiness and vague plan setting is so commonplace that nobody should be taking it personally. Here's a here's a uh, other important detail. She's Israeli. What are they better at making plans? No, but I think that <laughs> I think that the women are like tough. That's true. Well, they were all in the military. <laughs> well, dude. So I met. Uh, here's a story. Before I had a girlfriend, I saw this girl walk across the street, and we kind of kept looking back at each other. And and she walked into the grocery store. So I followed her into the grocery store, and I got her phone number. This girl? No, not not this girl. Another Israeli girl. This girl's oh. really Israeli. This other girl. Got her number. We start texting a little bit. We're friends. We're friends. Um, and then she starts telling me, she's like, and she, she didn't speak English well, and she didn't type English well either. It was almost like phonetically. She was like, I know date guy who's not Israeli mm. ever. No person, no Jewish, not right for me. Yeah. And I was like, okay, Jesus Christ. But then she would text me at like three o'clock in the morning, be like, what are you doing? Come over. And I was like, in would the morning. You, would you go over? No, never. Nothing ever happened. And I texted her being like, Wow. To be honest, I'm going to be honest. She was, I thought she was, I hope she never listens to this. Um, I thought she was cute if she was like an older person, like a mom or something. I was like, oh, she's like an Upper East Side mom, but she wasn't. And like, it made me not interested. So she was a young person who looked too old. <laughs> Is that the what you're inferring it, here? She, I just didn't think, it, she lost something. She would have been hot if she was 45 and was like, <laughs> actually, I'm 28. That's a, She's had a bit of a glow up recently, actually. Basically, she, she's in Israel now. But anyway. I would text her and be like, I thought that you didn't want a guy who wasn't Jewish. And she goes, what are you stupid? You can't read through lines. <laughs> and I think she meant she just wanted a booty call. That wasn't interesting. But I don't know. So, no, that's fascinating. Um, so maybe this girl's similarly stern and difficult and like tough. Got it. I, whenever I think of Israeli girls, first of all, I, I am deeply interested in, in them. Uh, I just think that they're probably, I've heard they're stunning. I've never been to Israel, but I also think of, (laughs) this is my image is, have you seen World War Z? No. Really? Yeah. That's a great movie. Have you seen it, Chris? Oh my God. All right. World World War Z is a great movie. (laughs) There's a scene where Brad Pitt, you know, he goes to Israel. They've figured out how to combat these zombies by building these walls. And then there's a crazy, you know, attack. And he kind of escapes with this woman soldier, Israeli woman soldier who has a buzz cut. She gets bitten by one of the zombies. He cuts her arm off immediately to save her life. Jesus. And then they sort of navigate the, the, the end of the world together. Um, but that woman who's, I think, dressed in military fatigues, got a buzz cut, handles a weapon very well. That is my image for all Israeli women. Like whenever someone talks <laughs> right. about a woman in Israel, I just think of this super badass, yeah, yeah, yeah. capable, you know, I don't think smart you're person yeah. who could save my life. Right. And like Wonder Woman. It turns me it turns me on a little bit. Yeah. Like that yeah. gives me this attraction which could be completely based on false pretenses. Do you know what I mean? Like Yeah. I yeah, have totally. I have, I, have, I have assigned a fantasy to an entire demographic of women that could be completely false but yeah i don't think it's a coincidence that they made that wonder woman is an israeli woman yes gal gadot potentially for that reason or something Uh, that reminded me my brother once said to me this is so funny he goes it would be really funny if they 
used the title of the movie in the most important dramatic scene. (laughs) (laughs) Like he's like, can you just imagine Tom Cruise being like, War of the Worlds? War of the Worlds. But but that does happen though. That does happen. (laughs) You know, think of like Iron Man. Not enough. Iron Man and Avengers. He goes, I am Iron Man. That's true. And it's not quite that, but. You know, like we, we cool. are the Avengers. Like, that stuff happens. Uh, <laughs> I guess you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Funny shit. Um, all right, guys. Well, that's Oops the Podcast for today. Thanks so much for listening, as always. Send your thoughts, prayers, and questions to oopsthepodcast at gmail.com. Give us a follow on YouTube. Yes. Oops the Podcast on Instagram. Oops the Podcast. We're throwing up these reels. Everyone seems to be enjoying those. Uh, I'm Francis Ellis. Oh, really quick. I'm coming to Kansas City, Missouri. Kansas City Comedy Club, October 8th until the 10th for a bunch of shows. Limited capacity, safe seating, following all those guidelines. It's going to be a great time. Check out those shows. Come see me, FrancisEllis.com. Uh, Julio, anything coming up? Get them while they're hot. I got some stuff in the works that I'll be, uh, um, I'll be talking about soon. Um, so, you know, keep your ears peeled for that. Also, thank you guys so much for just spending time with us. Uh, we love talking to you and uh you know thanks for your support boom oops the podcast see you soon